Good morning, everybody. You're tuning in to the news at Morning Mixtape. It is Wednesday, August 9th, and I'm your host, Gabriela Silvaponte, reporting for Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. First up, protesters are returning to High Park to continue last week's action. Jose Bautista is to win the level of excellence. News agencies are asking that the Competition Bureau investigate Meta's recent block of Canadian news. And finally, Zoom is making its staff return to in-person work. And then, of course, what would be the newscast without some weather updates and under the radar with James? So with all this news, let's get started. Demonstrators are continuing their protests to High Park's vehicle restrictions. Council approved the High Park movement strategy earlier this year. And while some are in support of the changes, like limiting car access to some areas of the West End Park, High Park Access for All are against them. The organization set up another protest yesterday at 11 a.m. But CB24 reports just last week tensions ran pretty high between those for and against the move. A City of Toronto employee was seen pushing his vehicle into a woman blocking a lane of traffic at the Bloor Street entrance to the 400-acre park. CP24 reports the City of Toronto is investigating the employee. The High Park Movement strategy came into effect on Saturday and will only allow drivers to drive through the park on weekdays. Some areas will be completely car-free and the main entrance to the park will now be Parkside Drive and High Park Boulevard. Drivers will not be able to enter the park through the previous main entrance at Bloor Street West. CP24 reports many demonstrators have said that these changes will mainly affect seniors, families with children, and individuals with limited mobility. Those in support of the changes have said that banning cars will make the park a safer space for cyclists and pedestrians. Former Blue Jays player Jose Bautista will be honored for his career with the team during a pregame ceremony this Saturday afternoon. He will be receiving the level of excellence, which the team said in a news release is awarded to recognize players with, quote, tremendous individual achievement. In an interview with CP24, Bautista said, It's great, you know, being able to share my career with the fans and just being a part of the organization moving forward. It's awesome. I'm incredibly humbled and happy and thankful. So can't wait to be back this weekend and celebrate with the fans. CTV reports Bautista was traded to Toronto from the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2008. He then spent nine-plus seasons with the Jays. Bautista won three Silver Slugger awards and set the single-season franchise record in 2010 for his 54 home runs. CTV reports the first 20,000 fans in the ballpark on Saturday will get a Jose Bautista bat-flip bobblehead to honor his achievement. Franchise president and CEO Mark Shapiro said in a release, Jose Bautista captured hearts and ignited a fan base as part of the team that brought Toronto back to the postseason for the first time in 22 years. His on-field achievements propelled the team to greatness, and he undoubtedly belongs on the Blue Jays' level of excellence. CBC is joining other news publishers and broadcasters in asking that Canada's Competition Bureau investigate Meta's block of Canadian news. Recently, Canada implemented the Online News Act, or Bill C-18, which would require tech giants like Google and Meta to pay media outlets for news contents they share or use on their platforms. After that, Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram, announced that it would permanently end news availability for Canadian users. CBC reports both Meta and Google have said that the bill is unfair, unworkable, and amounts to a tax on links. They also say the legislation does not recognize the amount of traffic or, quote, free marketing that they provide for news agencies. 
In a joint statement with the Canadian Association of Broadcasters and News Media Canada, CBC said, Meta's practices are clearly designed to discipline Canadian news companies, prevent them from participating in and accessing the advertising market, and significantly reduce their visibility to Canadians on social media channels. It adds, Meta's anti-competitive conduct, which has attracted the attention of regulators around the world, will strengthen its already dominant position in advertising and social media distribution and harm Canadian journalism. And it goes on to read, The applicants asked the Competition Bureau to use its investigative and prosecutorial tools to protect competition and prohibit Meta from continuing to block Canadians' access to news content. Canadian Heritage Minister Pascal Saint-Onge said in a statement Tuesday, Facebook would rather block their users from accessing good quality and local news instead of paying their fair share to news organizations. She added, Google and Facebook earn 80% of all digital advertising revenue in Canada. Meanwhile, hundreds of newsrooms have closed. A free and independent press is fundamental to our democracy, and Canadians expect tech giants to follow the law in our country. But a Meta spokesperson said in a statement, the Online News Act is based on the incorrect premise that Meta benefits unfairly from news content shared on our platforms, when the reverse is true. News outlets voluntarily share content on Facebook and Instagram to expand their audiences and help their bottom line. They added, The only way we can reasonably comply with this legislation is to end news availability for people in Canada. News Media Canada President and CEO Paul Deegan said Meta is abusing its dominant position in the social media market and violating the Competition Act. Section 79 of the Act outlines the abuse of power in a dominant position. Deegan said, So we've essentially called the cops, meaning the Competition Bureau, and we've asked them to investigate. Zoom is asking its employees to return to in-person work. The company said in a statement that it is enforcing a, quote, structured hybrid approach. This will mean employees who live near an office will, quote, need to be on site two days a week since it is, quote, most effective. CTV reports Zoom has struggled after its demand waned post-pandemic. The company cut 15 percent or 1,300 employees of its staff in February. Executives of the team also reduced their base salaries by 20 percent and forfeited their 2023 bonuses for the coming fiscal year. CTV reports many turned to the video conferencing service to meet friends and colleagues during lockdowns. Businesses and schools alike used Zoom for meetings and classes. Okay, that concludes the news section. Here's James with Under the Radar. Take it away, James. Good morning. I'm James Kaza, and every week I'm going to bring you a local news story happening now in Toronto that may be flying under your radar. This week, our story focuses on the current rising costs of food, specifically what one woman has set out to do about it. One news story seems to have made headlines, not just in Canada, but all around the world in the past 12 months. Why is everything so darn expensive all of a sudden? From treats we buy ourselves and frills for our home, to the rent we have to pay to have a roof, to, our focus today, food, specifically grocery stores. According to experts, there are many reasons for that. Inflation overall is hiking, as are energy bills grocery stores have to pay. The pandemic has had lasting effects on global shipping, still being felt, and the war in Ukraine has affected food exportation from one of the world's largest grain producers. But Canadians suspect there may be one more major reason. Corporate greed. With grocery store selection limited to what many call an oligopoly, According to a Dalhousie University poll, 30% of Canadians believe corporate greed from companies 
like Metro and Loblaws, is the main reason for the rise in costs of groceries. So what can we do about this? Well, Brigitta Crosby from Chilliwack, British Columbia, found herself asking this very question. Her answer? Open her own store and charge the prices she feels is right for her food. That is, when her store isn't giving away food to those in need. Tidal Foods, founded in 2020, is fully staffed with volunteers and is focused on helping seniors, people with disabilities, and those who are homeless. Crosby herself is open about her battle with homelessness 10 years ago. Crosby is also quick to point out that her store is just one small store without mega networks, bulk buying, or power that box stores have, yet she's able to keep her prices significantly lower than these. So why can't the box stores do the same? Her store turns a solid profit, despite having bundles for seniors at huge markdowns, free soups on Saturdays, and regularly giving out food to anyone who comes in the store and who is unable to pay for it. Meanwhile, Loblaws has faced scrutiny for installing high-tech gates equipped with theft detection at some stores. Meanwhile, metro workers are striking, saying they are unable to afford groceries at the store they work at. So the big question remains, could Tidell's model work elsewhere? The mayor of Chilliwack himself told the CBC he believes it could, even in a city like Toronto. But there's one key change that has to be made. The government has to step up. While Toronto has a network of food banks, there are no stores currently operating Tidal's business model. But this is still worth keeping on your radar. If you would like to know more about Tidal Foods, they can be found online at tidalfoods.ca. That's Tidal, T-Y-D-E-L. For Met Radio, I'm James Kaza, and this has been Under Your Radar. Thank you, James. It is time to wrap up today's newscast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Happy Wednesday, everyone. I'll be back next week with some more news at Morning Mixtape. It's Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. I'm Gabriela Silva-Ponte. Thanks for listening.